This message is brought to you by the Church of Pentecost Cyprus. As you listen, may it build faith in your heart, inspire hope in your life, and fill you with God's amazing love. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to talk about the kingdom citizen. There, is, there can't be a king without citizens. A king must have people whom he, ex- he exercises dominion and control over. Kingdom citizen. So a person who is a citizen of the kingdom. Now when we say citizen, citizen means someone who owes allegiance to a government. Someone who owes allegiance to a government. Someone who submits to a government. Someone who submits to the rule and the authority of a government. So when we talk about a citizen of the kingdom of God, what we're saying is that someone who has made a decision to submit to the rule of heaven, to submit to the rule of God, to submit to the rule of God. And therefore, it entitles that person to receive protection from treatment or from ill treatment and special rights and privileges. Now, when you submit, the government you submit to gives you the rights or the privilege or entitles you to protection from ill treatment, special rights and privileges. When you submit to a government, when you are a citizen of a certain country, it gives you the right to privileges. It gives you an entitlement to protection. It gives you an entitlement to special privileges. Um, Therefore, to be a citizen is to be part of a privileged group. To be a citizen is to be part of a privileged group. Now, um, you see, when you are a citizen, there are some things you don't even pray about. There are some things that don't become a prayer request or a worry for you. Um, If, let's say, you had... We all here had um, Cypriot passports. There are some things some of you will never pray about. True or false? There are some things that you will not spend all night worrying your head about. There are some things you will not be bombarding God about. Right? So, by having citizenship, already some prayer requests are dealt with. Some things are dealt with. Um... But when you don't have a citizenship or a citizenship in a country and you're regarded as an alien, um, then there is a struggle that you have to go through. There is a struggle you have to go through. Um, recently, I was having a, a conversation with Peter and we were talking about opening a bank account here in Cyprus and how difficult something which is so simple is to do. And he was sharing his own personal experiences about how he was struggling. And they said, you need this, you need that, you need that document. And I remember when I came to Cyprus, um, the elder I came to meet, Ada Lawrence, some of you may know him, some of you may not. He told me of his own personal struggles to get a bank account here in Cyprus. And I told him that, let's go to the bank, I want to open one. And he told me that, ah, you, I'll take you to the bank. Maybe when you pass through what I pass through, then you understand how difficult Cyprus is. So I was thinking, how can something like this be so difficult? Went to the bank, and 
Upon reflecting on the whole situation, I realized that the Lord favored me that day. Now, all I had was the house contract and then my passport, nothing else. No insurance, nothing else. I went to the bank. Then, fortunately, or through the Lord's guidance, I met a lady at the till. She happened to be from UK. So when she saw my passport, she's like, oh, so we started conversing. Then when she saw my date of birth, it happens to be her, the, my birthday and hers were the exact same day. <laughs> so my birthday and her birthday were the exact same days. Then the conversation turned to our birthdays. Then before I realized, pa, 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 that's it, done, done for you. <laughs> so when we're talking about it afterwards, it was like, uh, eh, eh. so you see, the passport you have doesn't really matter so much. Because there are others who may have the same British passport, but they struggle. So it requires the favor of the Lord to even open something as simple as a bank account. I was like, wow, that is serious. Um, so if you are a citizen of a country, certain things like jobs, you know, when they are taking care of people who are struggling in the land, who would they take care of first? Citizens. During the lockdown, the government of Cyprus said they were giving out bursaries and support to people who are not working and all of those things. And I heard that some Cypriots were complaining that the Africans who are now collecting benefits are too many. So <laughs> they don't have enough to take care of their own citizens. So they will first want to take care of their people before anyone else. But the whole point I'm saying here is that when you have citizenship, it entitles you, it qualifies you for privileges and certain rights. Now, of course, there are some citizenships that when you have, when you go into another country, uh, you are also treated quite good, quite well. Um, this doesn't happen in a lot of places. It happens more in Africa. Um, when someone with a European or something passport is in Africa, sometimes they get more special privileges than their own citizens, which is an error. In most places, that won't happen. But in Africa, <laughs> uh, the moment they see, sometimes even the color of the person's skin, they may not have documentation or certain things, they may not have certain rights, but all of a sudden, things that should be given to um, certain people are given to them. So, having citizenship gives you personal authority. Gives you personal authority. Gives you personal authority in a place. Um, and when we talk about being citizens of the kingdom, you see, in the same way, anyone who belongs to the kingdom of God is given entitlement, is given privileges, is given special rights because of who you are and um, the allegiance that you belong to. Now, let's look at some of the entitlements or some of the privileges you get. In Mark chapter 16, 17 to 18. Mark 16, 17 to 18. Mark, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 16, 17 to 18. This is what it says. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. 
So that means when you're a citizen of the kingdom, you have special authority. You, have, you are placed above demons. You, you are now a high-ranking individual in the spiritual world. That is why, you see, when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus never spent all night praying about demons. Never did. Because he realized that he was of higher authority than them. He didn't go around looking for demons. When he gets to a place, they will recognize that a superior person is here. And I'm praying that as Christians, you will get to the point where demons will organize all night prayer meetings about you. That is how it should be. It's an error for you to spend all night praying about demons. But demons should spend all night and not just all night, all day praying about you. Saying, now God, this person is terrorizing us. This person is too much for us. The light in this person shines too bright because of the presence of this person. So wherever Jesus would go, they'll recognize Jesus and they'll say, Jesus, have you come to destroy us before our time? So the person who um, has citizenship in heaven or belongs to the kingdom of God has been given authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues, in new tongues. So it's a right given to you. The language of heaven, the language that our minds does not understand, the devil doesn't understand, that is like having a direct line to God. The language, the new tongues. It's like having a direct speed dial where you can just press one and it goes direct to God. Whether you have data or no data, whether you have credits or no, no credits, that sends your communication right to the throne room of God. You're given special access. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. You see, in the Old Testament, when you read Leviticus, it often says that when someone is unclean, and that unclean person goes amongst people, when that unclean person touches people, that unclean person makes them unclean. And therefore, there was a need that when someone is sick, they are isolated. Because it's as though that the power of sickness was more stronger. So if they come amongst people, when they touch them, they will contaminate them. But when Jesus came, Jesus, you see, there was so much power and glory in him that anyone he touched, whether clean or unclean, his power was greater than what was in them, and therefore could heal them and made them clean. In the same way, he's saying that when you are part of the citizen or the kingdom, when you lay hands on the sick, they become well. When your child is sick, when someone close to you is sick, you have that authority. You have that power. When you lay hands on them, they become well. When you command, when you speak, things should happen. It says, whatsoever you bind on earth, heaven will bind it. Whatsoever you lose on earth, heaven will lose it. That is, that is the, uh, the privilege or the rights given to a citizen of the kingdom. That means that you have access to the whole of heaven. The whole of heaven is available to you. The resources of heaven is available to you. The armies of heaven are available to you. The goodness and the gracious gifts of God and abilities of God in heaven are made available to you. Then... Verse, 
Another privilege given to those who belong to the kingdom. Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2 verses 18 says, For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So here he's saying that when you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have access to the Father. You have access to the Father. You have access to the Father. You see, what that means is that because of my submission and my allegiance to this kingdom, I now have direct access to God myself. I don't need anyone to go before God for me. I now have direct access and I can go before the Lord. I can petition the Lord at any time. I can have fellowship with the Lord. I now have access to God myself. The door has been opened. I now have access to God myself. So those of you who are uh, asking prophets and people to go to God on your behalf, you don't understand the privilege you have. You don't understand. It says, by, for, for through him, we both, talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, have access to the Father by the one Spirit. In the Old Testament, even the whole of Israel didn't have access to God. The only person who had access to go to the holies of holies was the high priest. Was the high priest. And to be a high priest, it is not by how religious you are outwardly. It is by birth. It is whether you are a Levite. It is whether you belong to the family of, 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 of Aaron or the descendant of Aaron. So to have access to God wasn't by your riches, wasn't by anything. It was by who is your father. Simple question. But he's saying now, you and I have access to God. So when we talk about citizens, these are a few things. Last week we looked at Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So when you have, or when you submit yourself as a sheep to him, then you have access to him as a shepherd. Where he provides, he leads you beside still waters. He causes to rest in green pastures for his namesake. He anoints your head with fresh oil and causes your cup to run over. He provides all of these things to you. When you read that Psalm 23, the things that are numerated there, is not, it's not said that if you do this, do this, do this, then the Lord will do that. These are things that are given to those who belong to the kingdom. And now, when you receive the kingdom, where is this kingdom? Luke 17, verse 20 to 21. So we're talking about the kingdom of God and being a citizen. Where does the kingdom of God reside? Luke 17, 20 to 21. Luke 17, 20 to 21. Luke 17, 20 to 21. I read from the New King James Version. It says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is not something that is 
in this current phase is not something that is visible, but it is something that first comes within us. And when it comes within you, it changes you. The rule of God is not on the outside. It is within. When God rules in your heart, then it is seen outside in all of your life. When God rules in your heart, when God rules in your heart, in your life, it is seen on the outside and ultimately it will result in you receiving the physical kingdom when Christ comes on the second time. So when God comes or when we accept him, his rulership comes into our hearts, comes into our hearts. Now, as I was preparing this message, um, the Lord led my heart to remember something that um, every individual has two things. Every individual has two things. Every individual has a throne and has a cross. Every individual has a throne and has a cross. Every individual has a throne and you have a cross. The throne is for rulership. It's for authority. Whoever or whatever sits on the throne controls your life. Determines how your life should be. Whatever or whoever sits on the throne in your life has authority. Now, those things may not be seen visibly, but it's, in, it's within you, and it begins to manifest on the outside. Everyone has a throne and a cross. The cross is for crucifixion. It's for, it's for, it's for killing. It is for sacrificing. Everyone has a throne and a cross. Now, the... The lifestyle or for the Christian or for the one who is a citizen of the kingdom, this is how they apply the two. For the person who is part of the kingdom, Christ sits on the throne and their flesh is on the cross. Christ sits on the throne and their own flesh is on the cross. You see, Christ is no longer at Calvary. He has left Calvary. But for some people, we have left him at Calvary. We have left him at Calvary. But for the child of God, Christ sits on the throne in their hearts. Let the word of God dwell richly within you. Let the word of God dwell richly in your heart. Let Christ dwell within you. Christ dwells on the throne. That means the desire to please Christ is priority in their lives. And then they have put the flesh on the cross. They have put the flesh on the cross. When we talk about putting the flesh on the cross, then what we mean is that their desires, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the things about me, the things focused on me, they are willing to sacrifice those things. But when we talk about people who belong to the world, they have put the self on the throne. It is, they are the ones in charge of their lives. They are the ones who rule their lives. They are the ones who decide what happens in their lives. And then is left at the cross. At the cross. So, where is Christ in your life? Just turn to the person next to you and just ask them, where is this Christ in your life? Let them give you an answer. I want to hear what they, well, get a response from them. So, a citizen of the kingdom of God is someone who 
reveres Christ as Lord, and then also have put the flesh on the cross. Paul says in Galatians that I have crucified the flesh and all of his desires. I have crucified the flesh. Anyone who wants to follow Christ must crucify the flesh. Jesus says that anyone who wants to follow me must first deny themselves, carry their cross daily, and follow me. So the cross is for you to carry. And then the throne is for Christ to dwell on. Now, how can I be part of the kingdom? How can a person be part of this kingdom of God? How can I be part of the kingdom? Matthew 4, verse 17. Matthew 4, verse 17. Read a few scriptures. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent! I'm reading from the Amplified Translation, and it opens it up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent! Change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. Regrets past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in other words, he's saying, dethrone yourself from the crown. Take the self. Take yourself off the, uh, the, um, sorry, the, the throne. Dethrone yourself from the throne. Let Christ now come and sit on the throne. Dethrone the world from the throne. Dethrone a person. You see, for some people, it's not even themselves that rules their heart. It is another person. They've allowed certain people to have so much influence and control upon their lives that when that person speaks, that is it. So he says, dethrone anyone who sits on the throne. To repent means to arrange and organize a coup d'etat. To make sure that whoever is on the throne in your heart is taken off. And Christ is placed on them. Is placed on them. Jesus speaking in John 3 verse 3. Speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God Unless they are born again. It's not maybe. It says no one can see the kingdom of God. No one can have access to this kingdom unless they are born again. Unless they are born again. And then when you read further, he says, you must be born of water and the spirit. You must be born of water and the spirit. You see, to be born of water is not water baptism. To be born of water means to be born physically. Because for you to belong to this world, you must first be born of water. That means the water must break. Then the woman does what? She goes into labor. You must first be born of water. That gives you access to become a citizen of the earth. Then also to become a citizen of heaven, you must be born of the spirits. That means you must, you, your, your heart must be changed. You must now be baptized into the Spirit. You must now be put into the Spirit. And what he is then saying by saying you must be born of water and the Spirit is that access to heaven is not available to demons. Access to heaven is not available to demons. Because demons don't have flesh. You must first be human, then after that, be spiritually born. So, 
the fallen demons and Lucifer, there is no opportunity for them to enter the kingdom of heaven. There's no opportunity for them to enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Unless they are born again. Now he then explains further in Romans chapter um, 10 verses 9 to 10 what it means to be born again. What it means to be born again. To be born again, Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you declare with your mouth, if you proclaim, declare allegiance, Jesus is Lord. I told you the word Lord is the same word as King. And the word Lord is the same word as Jehovah. So if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is my King, you decide to submit to the governing authority of Jesus and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, full stop. To be born again is simply that. That means to now declare that I am no longer Lord in my life. No human being is Lord in my life. It is only Jesus who is now Lord in my life. And you believe with your hearts that God raised him from the dead. You see, to believe that God raised him from the dead means that to accept that Jesus came to earth, to accept that Jesus um, took upon your sins, to accept that Jesus was crucified, to accept that Jesus was buried, and to accept that he was resurrected and he's now offering you access to the kingdom of God. To believe that God raised him from the dead is to simply accept that he came and died for your place. And you don't believe this with your mind, it's with your heart. Some people are trying to reason our Christianity. It is not with our heads we believe, it's with our hearts we believe. There are certain things that when you try to think about it logically, it will not make sense. It will not make sense. Because the realm of God is beyond logic. It's beyond reasoning. We cannot comprehend the fullness of God. We cannot comprehend the fullness of God. But it is a, it is, it is a hard thing. Uh, that there is this thing called in, intuition, which when a person is under the influence of, of intuition, they may not have a logical explanation for why they are behaving the way they are or what they are saying. It goes beyond reasoning. And it, it, is, it is a knowing that goes beyond the senses. In the same way, you must come to a point where, where the fullness of your heart, you accept him as Lord, believe that he died for you, and therefore confess it. For many people, they have confessed it without believing in their hearts. That is the problem we have in Christianity. Many people confess it, but do not believe it in your heart. Verses 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Romans 10 verse 10. It is with your heart, not your mind. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. There was a time in the scriptures, the disciples came, no, some of the Pharisees and people came to Jesus and said, your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat and all of that. And Jesus said that it is not what goes into a person that defiles them, 
but it's what comes out. And what he's saying is that when you eat, it goes into your stomach and it comes out. Right? But it doesn't come back out um, out of your mouth or in other areas, in most cases anyway. <laughs> My wife is thinking, where are you going with this? Be careful. <laughs> okay. But what he's saying is that what you store in your heart is more serious to God. Because what you store in your heart will determine what you do, how you think, how you behave, everything. You see, when someone stores a hurtful word that they've heard someone say about them in their heart, it will determine how they respond to that person, how they speak to that person. It will, respond, it will, it will determine how they, their diet even, how they eat, how they sleep. It will determine who they talk to, who they don't talk to. Basically, uh, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So whatever gets into your heart determines your lifestyle or your life outlook. So Jesus is saying that don't be so worried about what they eat, because as for that one, it won't affect their heart. Be more worried about what you watch, what you listen to, because these are your eye gates and your ear gates. These are the things that gets into your heart. When it gets into your heart, they will defile you. They will defile you. So, guard your heart. Then, Jesus is still speaking about the kingdom. And in terms of accessing the kingdom, we have what we call the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 11, or 3 to 11. Matthew 5, verse 3 to 11. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirits, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we say poor in spirits, poor in spirit simply means that people who have come to realize that the spiritual standard that God requires, they fall short. There is a deficit. To be poor means that you lack. That means the spiritual standard that God needs, you fall short of it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who have realized that they have fallen short of the glory of God, that the spiritual standard that God needs, they fall short of it. Those who have realized that. And then, not only have they realized that, blessed are those who mourn. So, because they realize they've fallen short, their hearts are broken. See, mourning means to be sad, to be broken about something. Having realized that they fall short, of the spiritual standard that God wants, they mourn and they are sad about it. They are affected about it. You see, there are some people who fall short and they don't feel any remorse, don't feel any way about it. But he's saying that the one who inherits the kingdom of God is one who has first realized that I fall short, is affected by it, and then blessed are the meek. That means having been saddened by it, they are also humble towards God. Humble towards God. Humble towards God. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So it flows. They realize that they fall short of the spiritual standard of God. Then they are saddened or broken by it. And they are humble towards God in wanting um, things to be changed. And they hunger and thirst for a change. For spiritual encounter. For righteousness with God. That will bring them back to where God wants them to be. Blessed are the merciful. And because they have realized that 
the spiritual level they have attained is not by their own strength, it's by the mercies of God. They're also merciful towards others. Blessed are the pure in heart. So when they deal with people, they deal with people out of a pure motive. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So here Jesus is describing the state of a person. So because they are humble, because they are meek, one of the ways it reflects in their lifestyle is they pray. Prayer is for humble people. Prayer is for humble people who say that, God, I can't do it. I need your help. That is, those are the people who pray. People who realize that they can't do it, they need God's help. Fasting is for humble people. Realize that, no, my heart is not aligned with God. I need God to align my heart. I need the strength of God. I need, I need something from God. Reading the scriptures is for humble people. It's for people who realize that I don't know, I need to know from the Lord. It's for humble people. Um, being merciful, Jesus talks about it when you read the chapters 5 to 7 of the same uh, Matthew. He talks about how they treat other people. How they treat other people. He says, when you're going to the temple to offer your sacrifice... And you get there and you remember that a brother or sister has an offense against you. Says, leave your sacrifice there. Go quickly to make amends with your brother and sister and come back. What gets me the most in that scripture is he doesn't say if you have an offense against someone. He says someone has an offense against you. And you realize the person has not even approached you about it. God wants you to be a proactive peace, uh, peace seeker. Not necessarily that I have an offense against someone. That is even harder to do. So, in terms of entering the kingdom of God, this is what we must do. You must dethrone the self from the heart and then place Christ over there. Now, having gained citizenship is not enough. You see, someone can, example, get a Cypriot passport and not realize the value of the passport here in Cyprus and be doing anything. See, there are certain jobs that, um, if you, uh, based on the kind of passport you have, those jobs are open to you. True or false? But if the person doesn't know, they don't know what they have, they will be applying for jobs and things that other people is reserved for aliens in the eyes of the nation. You see, Jesus made a statement one time. A woman was asking him for healing. And Jesus said that the bread is for the children. And the woman said that, yes, but even the dogs get the breadcrumbs to eat. So that means when you become a citizen, there's no breadcrumbs you go after anymore. You're now a child. The bread is now yours to eat. You're now invited to the table where you can enjoy the bread. But if you don't realize that you can now eat the bread, you will always be on the floor looking for what? Crumbs. Many Christians are like that. They don't realize that now the bread, the full loaf, 
is for you to enjoy. Some are praying for mercy drops, while some are praying for showers. See the difference? Some are praying for mercy drops. drops. Some are saying, God, send the flood, because I have access to that. So, how can you benefit from the kingdom once you've entered into it? One, you must realize that you are a citizen of the kingdom. You must realize. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You must realize that your citizenship is in heaven. You now have a heavenly passport. You now have a heavenly passport. You see, when someone has a diplomatic passport, when they get to a country or an airport, the treatment they get is different. And he's saying that you have a heavenly passport. That passport is superior to the one that is on earth. So wherever you get to, realize that you have that. Have that. It is like someone who maybe travels and either has a diplomatic passport or buys first class. See, most often when you have first class, you don't queue. But if the person doesn't know that, I pray one day I'll buy first class. And I'll also fly first class in Jesus' name. They don't queue. They don't queue. You just relax. They relax in the business lounge. They just sit there, recline, and just and in the business lounge, they even have pots and places for them to sometimes even rest their head. I'm told Emirates is the best one. One day. I'll, I'll, I'll test that one out. <laughs> they just sit there. Then when it is like five, ten minutes, see some of you, so some of us will be rushing. You'll be rushing. You'll get to the airport maybe three, four hours before your flight. But these people, they relax. They just get there, go to business lounge, sit down, eat, enjoy their mouth. And then... <laughs> so... In essence, you must realize that you have heavenly citizenship. Realize that you have heavenly citizenship. Realize that you are a citizen of heaven. If the people of the world reject you, don't worry about that. Because there is a king of kings who accepts you. To the king of kings, you are not an alien. You are a citizen. You are a son. You have a high authority. You have a high authority. You must realize that. Then number two, do not conform because you're not the same as those on earth. Do not conform. You're not the same as those on earth. Do not conform. Now, I want to read this Romans 12 verse 2 in a few translations to help us. When we talk about do not conform, the New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Because you're not part of them. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see, you may have the passport all right. But if the mindset and the heart doesn't change, then nothing changes in the life. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's word translation says this. God's word translation says, don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. Then the Amplified puts it this way. And do not be conformed to this world, 
any longer with its superficial values and customs. See, the values of this world is superficial. It, it, it changes. But be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, which is focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect in its plans and purpose for you. The message translation, the last one I will read for this one. The message translation put to this one. says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well adjusted to this world that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so comfortable that even when you're in a group of people and they're singing certain songs, before you realize you're doing what? You're singing it as well. When you're with a group of people and they're, they're, they're drinking something, or before you realize, before you come to your sense, you're like, hey, hey, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be doing this. That means you have already, you, the thing is, <laughs> it's inside of you. you. Don't be so, become so well adjusted to the culture of this world that you fit into it without thinking. Most people, when a new craze or a new something happens, they just jump into it without even thinking. There's TikTok and some of the challenges that are happening on there. I will not comment too much. Some people just jump onto it. And then re- later they realize that, oh, I'm a child of God. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognizing that, or re- recognizing what he wants from you. And quickly or quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So, realize that you are not a citizen of this earth. And secondly, do not conform. Third thing, set your affections on things above. When we talk about affections, affections are things that you love. Affections are matters of the heart. Set your affections on things above. Colossians 2 verses 1 to 2 says, Therefore, if I have been raised with Christ, or therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, to a new life, sharing in his, in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. See, it says, keep seeking. That means it's a continuous thing. You see, in Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And it's not a case that you seek it, you receive salvation, you stop. Here he's saying that don't stop seeking it. Keep seeking it. It's a continuous thing. Some, the hunger or the zeal within which they sought Christ is no longer there anymore. Keep seeking it. Keep seeking it. Then the verse 2 says, set your mind 
and keep focused habitually on the things above. So you must make an intentional effort to keep your heart and your mind on things above. So that means you must surround yourself with people who are focused on the above. You must surround yourself with things that will draw your attention to the things above. Music is an important thing. Worship is an important thing. Because it draws your mind to the king and the things above. We were talking the other time when we said that, my wife and I, that you see, when people are going to do certain things or going to the club, most people will not play gospel. Who would, which arm robber will go, going to be robbed and be playing gospel? Because it will pull their minds on what? What they are doing, especially if it's the right gospel anyway, because now there's so many gospel songs. But you see, you surround yourself with things that will draw your mind to things above. That will draw your heart to things above. That will make grace available in your heart. Not on the things that are earthly, which have only temporal value. So, in essence, what we're saying is that I will end here. In essence, what we're saying is that be devoted and be committed. You see, someone can... Let me use an African example. May travel to Europe and may adjust so much that that person becomes westernized. Their language changes, their dressing changes, their values change, and the way they see things change. True or false? The same way a European can go to Africa and they can become Africanized. I've seen some videos of some Europeans and the way they speak tree, I even feel ashamed. They speak the Ghanaian language, the way they, uh, they, they carry themselves, they, they, they are more or less Africans. So it is possible. So what we're saying is that if you're going to experience the kingdom of God, you need to become heavenized. You need to allow heaven to influence you so much that everything changes. And the last comment I'm making is, you see, entering the kingdom of God requires you to trust Jesus for salvation. But it doesn't automatically mean that the kingdom comes into you and you enjoy the kingdom. For you to enjoy the kingdom of God and have it in you, it requires you to be committed. It requires you to be devoted. It requires you to make an intentional effort that I want to change. You may have people who may travel from, let's say, other countries and come here. They may live in this country for many years, but they can't speak the language. They don't adjust. They don't, they don't, you see them and you don't even notice that this person has lived abroad. The same way some people have entered the kingdom of God for 20 years, 30 years, and there is no difference. We can't tell that this person has even entered the kingdom of God. Please, ask the person next to you, are you like that? So we can't end this message without giving you an opportunity to make things right with God. If you would like to do so, then I would humbly ask you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I confess that I have fallen short of your expectations. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. Today, I accept the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus offers. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord 
and my personal savior. Come live in me. Come change me. Come help me to live a life that pleases you. This I have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer for the first time, then congratulations. Um, you have taken the first step to making things right with God. We would encourage you to get in touch with us on any of our social media handles and we will help you to grow in your relationship with God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he prosper you and be gracious and kind to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like to know more or have any questions, please contact us by email at info at copcypress.org or in any of our social media platforms at the COP Cypress. God bless you.